Black Widow has finally released, so it's finally time to update my MCU ranking and rank all the movies, all 24 movies, from worst to best. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode here on Movie Morning, and today we're going to be ranking all 24 Marvel Cinematic Universe films released by Marvel Studios from the worst to the best. Now, obviously, as you can tell from the title, I won't be including any shows. I won't be including WandaVision or The Falcon and the Winter Soldier or Loki yet because Loki hasn't finished up and I still feel like I need to rewatch WandaVision and I don't really, I can't really rewatch all that since I'm still rewatching through the MCU even when doing this ranking. So not all my thoughts are going to be up to date. But rest assured, I will be doing another one of these rankings at the end of the year, like five or so months from now. So if you really want like a super comprehensive ranking, it might be better to wait and just listen to that one, but I will be doing this anyways because I know that some people want to hear my updated opinion. And trust me, my ranking has shifted majorly. So many movies have moved up a bunch of spots and so many movies have dropped. And just to give a bit of a disclaimer, this ranking will include spoilers freely for all MCU movies other than Black Widow. I will not be giving any warnings when I talk about spoilers for any, for all, all the MCU movies with the exception of Black Widow where if I want to get into spoilers, which I doubt, I will mention, you know, prior to mentioning, with all the other movies, all 23 of the movies from phase one, phases one to three, I will be talking about spoilers openly. So if you haven't seen any of the movies, I guess when I get there, just skip over that one to the next one. But I'm assuming most of you guys have probably seen all these movies by now. So again, I won't be including the show, so just the 24 MCU movies ranked. So with that said, let's get started. Coming in at my number 24 is Thor The Dark World thing about MCU movies is the bottom ones aren't really bad. They're just very, very mediocre and average. And this is the perfect example of that. The best parts of this movie are when Thor and Loki are on screen together and we get that chemistry. And some of the action and some of the visual effects are very, very good. But this has potentially the worst MCU villain in Malekith. And beyond that, this movie just has like has different you know tones that don't mesh well. Like there's the characters on Earth, which are extremely bo- boring, by the way. And then sometimes it goes to Asgard, and it just doesn't mesh quite right, the different styles, which is actually a similar problem you'll see I have with the first Thor movie. And beyond that, like I said, the Earth characters are very boring and not fun to watch, and unfortunately, they do take up a decent portion of the runtime. Number 23 is going to be The Incredible Hulk. Now, if you'll remember a few years ago, I had much stronger feelings on this movie, and I really didn't like it, and it was definitely my least favorite of the MCU movies. But this one has grown on me just a little bit to become probably the most forgettable of these movies, mainly because it's kind of the dark horse in the franchise, being the only one produced by Universal and not, and, you know, not by Marvel Studios or Sony, I should say. The special effects in here, whenever the Hulk is on screen, are really bad, and that makes it a little annoying to watch not the most fun to look at as well as that the performances are here including from edward including the performance from edward norton is are pretty flat and that's surprising because there's a few really good actors doing work in this movie but i just didn't really latch on to anyone and also i've always thought that again similar to the problem with a lot of phase one movies this movie has some pretty has different tones which don't quite come together but i do really like the third act fight and I actually kind of like the score for this movie, especially, you know, in, in, you know, like some, in like the chase at the beginning of the movie. Number 22 for me is Iron Man 2. Now, while there are, there are some great moments and really, really funny moments in here, Robert Downey Jr. is as good as he was in the first Iron Man movie. The script here is an absolute 
mess. There is not enough action for, you know, like an MCU movie as much as I, I wanted to see in this movie. But when the action is on here, it's actually, for the most part, better than the first movie. But the second act of this movie in particular is such a mess of different storylines. And it's just, you just never know what to pinpoint your focus on. And the thing is, Tony doesn't know that Whiplash is alive for like over half the movie. So you just don't see any interaction between the hero and the villain, which doesn't flesh out their rivalry at all. And I actually really liked the really liked the idea of Tony dying because of, you know, his overuse of the arc reactor and the Iron Man suit. But it's only a like important for a very small section of this movie and it should have been given an entire movie to do it. There are way too many storylines here and not any of them get fully fleshed out and I would have liked more action. But there are some really fun moments which puts it above the bottom too. Number 21, Captain Marvel. This is one that's definitely taken a bit of a drop. And the reason for that is it's, a, it's pretty forgettable, again, like a lot of these bottom films are. And also, if I ever wanted to rewatch an MCU movie, I never really see this one being one of the ones that I would decide between watching. Looking back, I think that Brie Larson was a little awkward and bland in this role. And I don't think she fully got into it as much as, I don't know, like the directors and writers hoped she would have to. I think I think she'll grow to be pretty good in the role but in this movie I didn't fully buy it buy into her but on the other side of like the buddy cop side we have in this movie Nick Fury and Ben Mendelsohn are my favorite parts of the movie and the second act when they're having like their investigation is actually pretty fun but another problem I have with this movie similar to the other other movies which were in phase one the t- some of the tones of this movie just don't quite mesh together like the really sluggish opening act of this where you know we're switching between earth and also we have like the moments on like the Creole world, which I can't remember what it's called. But it just felt sluggish and pretty sloppy. And the third act of this movie, like with the music playing and some of the action, just I don't know, it just didn't fully come together. But the second act of this movie is a lot of fun. And I do, if I ever rewatch the movie, will always enjoy it most in the middle of it, where Nick Fury is the biggest part of it. Number twenty for me is Thor. Now there are like the casting choices in this movie have always blown me away whether it's Anthony Hopkins or Renee Russo as Thor's parents or Tom Hiddleston as Chris Hemsworth who weren't big names when they were casted have gone on to become such iconic performances performers in the MCU and they're great the casting in this movie is near perfect and I love the grandeur and epic feeling that Brana presents Asgard and even when they're on Jotunheim in the first act of this movie and I like some of the fish out of water humor we get on earth but, but the tonal shift from Earth to Asgard has always been a bit jarring. And I think that that there are a lot of abrupt plot points in this movie. Like when the Warriors 3 decide to come down to the Earth and then the Destroyer shows up. And not everything, like the third act doesn't fully feel like the proper conclusion to the story. But I do still enjoy watching this movie. Definitely over the bottom four on this list. And this is one that I would actually give a positive review for and would give like a 6.5 or 7 out of 10. I do enjoy this movie, and there are many things I like about it, especially the casting, which has always stuck out. Number 19, Avengers Age of Ultron. Now, there's one thing about this movie that I've always liked, I've always liked that I don't think it gets enough credit for, and that is that it has more Hawkeye, it has more Jeremy Renner, so instantly you get a bit of a boost for that, because I really like his character, and I think this movie does him the best out of the first three, first, well, out of all the movies he's in, minus Avengers Endgame, I'd say, which is a bit odd, but that's what... I would say. And also, it does introduce some new characters that I like for their small roles in this movie, like Vision, Scarlet Witch. Quicksilver's kind of wasted, but that's something that I've talked about a lot before. 
So we're just not going to get into that. And this movie does have more of the action you want. It has more of the fun dynamics you loved about the first movie, especially that party scene at the beginning of the movie at the Avengers Mansion. That's a great scene. And there's some smaller character moments that I still really love about this. But overall, I was pretty let down by Ultron as a villain, considering how menacing he looked in the trailers. And I think that this movie was a little long and lingered on a few too many things, like when they're at the farm, which was a little unnecessary. And I do think that it could have been jumped through a bit quicker. And this would have been a more entertaining and rewatchable movie in the long run. Now, this next pick is one that a lot of people are going to hate me for. But number 18 for me is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Now, I know a lot of people absolutely love this movie. Now, this movie looks fantastic. It has, I think, better visuals than the first one. There are still some hilarious moments and interactions between the Guardians. But this movie just isn't quite as rewatchable and instantaneously fun as the first movie. It's a little mean-spirited and hearted, and I don't... And I think some of the humor and dialogue between the characters, it was a little too mean for me when I first watched it. And it wasn't even that I was just too young. I just didn't grasp onto a story like this that, that was quite, that was this dark moving from the first movie. And I lo- But I did still really look that the characters got really developed. My main thing with this movie was just that I felt some of the plot line took a lit, like the plot line with Ego took way too long to get going. And there was just way too much downtime. But I think now, if I rewatched it, which I'm rewatching through the MCU right now, and I'm in phase two, so I haven't gotten to this movie. If I rewatched it now, I would appreciate a lot of the downtime more than I did when I initially watched it. And I've watched it like two, one or two times since the theater, and I feel like I've liked it more every time. Because when I watch it in the theater, I'm going to be honest, I was pretty disappointed by this movie. But I feel like the more I watch it, the more the emotions will land with me. And I do still really like Yondu's death scene. And it's still one of the best de- best death scenes I think there ever has been in a comic book movie. But I don't know. This movie just isn't quite as fun and rewatchable for me as I wanted it to be. And nowhere near as fun and rewatchable as the first one was. But if whenever I do rewatch this movie, I do think I'll enjoy it a lot more. And I think it will go up. But as of right now, for what I remember it to be, Garden to the Galaxy Volume 2 is number 18. Number 17, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Now, this movie was a nice palate cleanser following Avengers Endgame. It's a small-scaled movie, and I just, I just enjoyed watching it. Now, is it a bit forgettable and kind of useless in the MCU in the long run? Yeah, maybe, aside from the post-credit scene, but I did enjoy watching this, and I really liked Evangeline Lilly as the Wasp. She took a massive boost from the first movie, and she's fantastic in this movie. She's even better than she was in the first, in the, work, in, in the first, excuse me, she, she played her role great, and she's, she's by far the best part about this movie, along with Paul Rudd. They work really well together, and they're great. But uh, overall, I just enjoy this movie for what it is. There's a, there's a lot of really funny moments. There's some fun action, but I, do, but I wasn't the biggest fan of the villain Ghost, and I do feel like, again, this movie might be a little forgettable in the, lo- in the long run, but I still enjoy it, and I can see myself rewatching it. Number 16, Doctor Strange. Now, despite its placement on this ranking, I do really like this movie. Mainly Benedict Cumberbatch as his character in some of the more more serious moments and the lighter scenes on comedy. He's fantastic and he's mostly great as his character. But sometimes when the movie gets a bit too goofy with its humor and like some of the pop culture references, I'm not the biggest fan of the humor, but there are some very funny lines that still make me laugh when watching today. Obviously, the visuals and the magic, like the first time the strange as that camera touch and all that. That is all fantastic stuff, and I love the visual, visuals. But what brought it down quite a bit on my list for this ranking, for my last ranking, 
is that the story isn't very creative and definitely fit definitely fit into the MCU origin template. If the story had been as creative as the visuals, this would be easily be in the top 10. Number 15 is another one that's taken a bit of a drop. And a lot of these around this area of the list have taken a bit of a drop since my last ranking, and that is Black Panther. Now, to be completely honest with you, this and Doctor Strange are almost equal to me, but what pushed this film above it is the villain in Killmonger. He is one of the best villains in the MCU, and his monologue at the end were spoilers, but I already told you guys I'd be talking spoilers freely, when, you know, he, he stabs himself and, you know, he talks about you know, his aunt, ancestors and death over bondage. All of that is fantastic, and Michael B. Jordan is so good in this role. And there's so many great stuff in here in terms of the world building. Wakanda is one of the best parts about this movie and one of the best areas we've learned about in the Marvel Universe. And it's so heartbreaking that this is the only solo Black Panther film we'll be getting with Chadwick Boseman. And he definitely left the legacy, and I really hope they pay respect to him in the next Black Panther movie. But what, again, holds this one from going higher is I think the story, again, feels a little too generic. And this movie has quite a lot of sections of the movie where it's a bit too boring and dull for me, and it's just too slow. And also the CGI in the final battle isn't great, and I know a lot of people have talked about that. So that's really why it's not any higher, but I love the world building, and it's by far my favorite part of the movie, along with the villain. Number 14, Iron Man 3. This is a movie for me that just keeps getting better and better with every we watch because it's just so much fun. This movie has by far the most creative and fun Iron Man action sequences out of any of the Iron Man movies and even a lot of the rest of the MCU. And also, I don't, none of the writers in the MCU write Tony Stark the way that Shane Black does. He kind of is, goes a bit more deeper with him, but also is really good with comedy when he's working with Robert Downey Jr. And He's, this is the funniest of the three Iron Man movies, easily, in my opinion. There's still lines that do make me laugh, which is great. And I just love the exploration behind, you know, his, the impact that the Battle of New York and going up into space had on him. And I love all that stuff. Now, the actual main villain, once the Mandarin twist comes in, isn't my favorite in the MCU. And the Mandarin twist actually worked this time a lot better than I remember it. But really... My only other problem that I think that not many people have actually heard say is that I think the movie gets a bit to fully, takes a bit of time to fully grab my interest. It's not really until the mansion attack, the Malibu attack, that this movie fully gets me hooked into the ride. Before that, it just kind of slowly moves along its plot. Number 13 for me is Black Widow. Now, I do have to admit this is a bit of a cheat placement because... This is the newest movie in the universe, the first movie of Phase 4, so it's easy to just put it pretty much down near the middle of this ranking. But I really, really enjoyed this movie, and I know that I feel a lot, a lot of people say, you know, it's useless, it doesn't add anything. But to me, I found it to be a nice tribute and payoff to Natasha Romanoff's legacy. Now, this movie could absolutely go up in the future. I don't see it going down all too much, but I could see it going up because I just love this genre. The spy genre is one of my favorites, and I love the way this movie does it. It's another very solid MCU movie, and I'm so glad that Natasha Romanoff finally got the spotlight she deserves. All the casting is fantastic. Uh, Florence Pugh's Elena Belova is one of my favorite part of the movie. Red Guardian, played by David Harbour, is fantastic. I love the moments of family in this. The action is great. I do have to admit that I think the third act goes a bit too far for me, and Taskmaster is a little underwhelming. Besides that, this is another great MCU movie, and I really enjoyed watching it. I can't wait to watch it, rewatch it in the theater. Coming in at my number 12 is going to be Captain America, the first Avenger. 
again, this is one that I do think fluctuates quite a bit on my list because it's probably one of the more uneven films in the MCU in terms of its quality, but I'll get into that in just a second. But Joe Johnston, to me, is the, was the perfect candidate to make this movie. The production design set in the 1940s is fantastic. Chris Evans is perfect as Captain America. And like the first hour or so of this movie, up until uh, Steve goes to rec- rescue Bucky, is one of my favorite hours in the entire MCU. And I love the character study on this Steve Rogers, who's a perfect person at heart, but just doesn't have the, the strength to be able to, you know, fully, you know, like, like affect everyone around him and lead an army. But then he gets chosen for it because of his heart. And I just love that theme. And the last, like, 10 minutes when Steve is crashing the plane and the final moment when he wakes up, you know, like, 70 years later, that is fantastic. And it's so powerful, especially the way that, you know, he first meets Nick Fury. But the stuff in the middle, I do have to admit, is a bit of a mess. And I never really liked how it montages through so many moments that I feel like we would have liked to see. And because it's moving so quickly, the death of Bucky in this movie never fully gets me. And if it did, this would be an easily, again, be in the top 10. This movie's so close to being absolutely fantastic, but the middle of it is just pretty clunky. Coming into my number 11 is Ant-Man. I know this one, another one, which is people are going to see is very personal because I just love heist movies and I love Paul Rudd I love Michael Douglas and I love that they got them as the leads of this movie they're both fantastic and this is by far one of the funnier movies in the MCU it might be the funniest behind like two other ones but that would actually be an interesting ranking like all the MCU movies are ranked from most funny to least funny I may do that one day but I really love the cast of this movie like any scene that uh, Michael Pena's Luis talks and does that you know telling his stories that that's just really funny and I love that when I first watched that. Also, I love the creativity of the third act of this when, you know, like they're fighting in Cassie's bedroom, who's Scott Lang's daughter. I love that scene. I love how, you know, like it's not a very big act scene. In fact, it's very small, but it's still so fun to watch. And I can say that about a lot of this movie. This is a smaller movie, just like Ant-Man and the Wasp, but I just like the tone of this movie more. And I liked, you know, like I kind of just like the story of how Scott Lang became the Ant-Man in this movie a bit more. And I think I can rewatch this movie a bit more than the first one. What Again, what keeps it from going any higher, though, this time what, uh, is, again, the villain. Yellow Jacket is a pretty bland MCU villain, and if they had a better villain, this would go even higher. And I think if the story felt a bit more unique overall and not, like, the villain didn't seem so, like, ripped off from the first Iron Man movie, this would, again, go higher. But it doesn't bother me, bother me as much this time because the cast is so much fun, pretty much all around, and I just love the genre this movie takes place in. Kicking off my top 10 is Spider-Man Far From Home. Now, I haven't rewatched this movie since like late 2019 when the Blu-ray came out. I will admit that. But the thing that stands out for me most about this movie, especially looking back, is Jake Gyllenhaal's Mysterio. That was perfect casting. And I really do hope we get to see more of him. But he is so great at being like the psychopath in the later parts of the movie. But also acting as a friend to Peter and a semi-mentor figure. And I just love that in this movie. Tom Holland and, and Zendaya, whenever they're on screen together, I remember being fantastic. And the action and adventure is some of the best stuff we've ever seen from a Spider-Man movie. Like, I don't remember a Spider-Man movie being as creative in its action sequences ever, pretty much. And the Mysterio sequences where he's just doing his, like, you know, using his, his abilities to fold, like that scene where that the zombie Iron Man, that is fantastic. It's one of my favorite action sequences in the entire MCU. And this movie... Would be a bit higher, but I just think that in this movie, the comedy didn't land for me as much as the first movie. 
Homecoming, and I don't know if that's for everyone, but for me, the comedy felt a bit more slapstick in this movie, and I didn't fully buy into it. But there are still some very funny moments, and I really like the action. I really like Tom Holland's in the end. Almost everything in this movie is great, and this is another great MCU Spider-Man movie. Number nine, Thor Ragnarok. Now, the more I think about this movie, again, it's another movie, the more I like it. I haven't rewatched it again in a while, just like Spider-Man Far From Home, but the more I think about it, the more I'm excited to rewatch this. This movie is so much fun, and Taika Waititi just in, injects such a unique flair and energy that has a similar feel to the Guardians movies, and I don't know if this movie would actually ever exist without the creativity and wildness of those movies, but this movie just takes it to a whole nother level in terms of the wackiness, especially when they go on Sakaar, like the trash planet, as people would call it, that the gladiator match with Hulk, such a great scene. And just the visuals are just so much more fun to look at in the first few Thor movies, and the comedy in here is, is on point. Now, does it take over some of the more dramatic sequences at points? Yes, but I think the movie is set up in that way enough for me to absolutely have a blast the entire time. I love this movie. And I can't wait to rewatch it over and over again in anticipation for Taika Waititi coming back for another Thor movie. Number eight, Iron Man. Man, rewatching this movie is such a unique experience. So because this was before they fully set up a cinematic universe. This was way before the creation of the Avengers, at least in the MCU. And I honestly cannot imagine where the MCU would be without this movie and it introducing Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. I absolutely love like the grittiness and like the like of the force of the first 40 minutes in the cave and this movie just did the tone of superhero movies so well. i love the mix between tony being you know like like a funny person but also you know like trying to find his place in the world and what he needs to do and it ties back so well with movies like avengers endgame and you know especially when he makes his sacrifice and i just love revisiting some of the smaller scale action sequences in this. I love the suit-up scenes. It still has some of my favorite Iron Man suits in the entire MCU, which is kind of odd when you think about it. But this movie would actually be higher than it is if the third act wasn't a bit underwhelming because, weirdly, the third act is my, has my least favorite action sequence of this entire movie, which is kind of rare for an MCU movie. And that's why it's not, you know, much higher. But it, it's not terrible. But I think this movie didn't really need, like, a big bad guy fight like it had at the end of this movie number seven captain america civil war now this movie it does in fact have some of the best mcu moments in it the airport fight is just a comic book movie fans dream come true you know with the fat fight between captain america and iron man is so great it's emotionally powerful you know it just it just gets you the way they set up that fight and it's fantastic it does kind of come out of left field in the the conflict they used to set up that fight, especially with how Bucky's involved. I do have to admit that. But I like that both sides in this movie, both Captain America and Iron Man, have reasons for why they chose the side they did. I'm definitely Team Cap, but I can understand why other people might like kind of swing onto a different way. But I just love that they both have their reasons and they're both valid for why. And how the MCU sets them up does you know, flesh out why they're on the side that they are. And the thing is... This movie is always going to be special to me, mainly because it introduces Spider-Man and Black Panther to the MCU, which, in my opinion, I actually like T'Challa and his character arc in this movie more than he has in the, his own movie, but 
you know, I just love that we got him in this movie. And Spider-Man being introduced in here, Tom Holland is the perfect Spider-Man. And still has one of my favorite scenes inside of the MCU when he first talks his, when he first talks his t- Tony Stark in his apartment. That's a great scene. With that said, let's move on to number six. Number six, Guardians of the Galaxy. And this movie, to me, along with the second Guardians even, feels like the most personal film to the filmmaker in the MCU. This felt like a passion project for James Gunn. And that just makes it have so much, you know, makes it, it, that's what it feels like. And it makes it, you know, have more of a emotion and heart to it. And that's exactly what this movie is. This movie combines a mis, combines a bunch of misfits into a group, a bunch of D-list characters, and makes them absolutely perfect. And some of the most iconic heroes and characters, you know, in comic book movie history, basically. And that is just amazing that they were able to do that the humor they absolutely nailed in this movie again one of the funnier movies in the mcu it's fantastic and it just this movie also has one of the most iconic soundtracks ever and one of the best soundtracks in film history because it doesn't use a normal score it has one but it uses you know just music just like actual music made you know for our our world and puts it into a sci-fi action blockbuster which is genius and works so well Peter, uh, uh, Chris Pratt as Peter Quill is amazing. Gamora, Drax, Groot, Rocket. These are all iconic characters now. And everyone knows who these characters are because of this movie and how fun it is to watch. And it still holds up. It does not get boring. And it's one of the most rewatchable on this list because of how character-focused it is. Kicking off my top five is Spider-Man Homecoming. Yes, this is still, in fact, one of my favorite movies in this franchise. Despite the endless rewatches that. I have, you know, had with this movie. Tom Holland, again, to me, is pretty much the personal, I mean, my personal favorite take on Spider-Man and Peter Parker. I love how this movie mixes a teen comedy with a fun coming-of-age superhero movie, and Tom Holland just plays this Peter Parker perfectly, and I don't see any, you know, actor being as good as Tom Holland is in this role for a really long time, and I, I, and I can keep watching Sp- Tom Holland play Spider-Man until he's like 50 or 60 years old, and I still feel like he would be so perfect in this role. Vulture, played by Michael Keaton, is still one of the best villains inside the MCU. That car scene, and I just, that car scene is amazing and tense, and I just love that he's a simple man who just wants to provide for his family, because, you know, a rich guy kind of screwed him over, and that, of course, being Tony Stark, following the first Avengers movie. Now, there is a timeline logic issue with this movie, and might be my only issue, despite some of the action and CGI being a bit wonky, now, there, that timeline issue is one that I do have with this movie, but I don't fully want to hold it against the filmmakers because it might have just been a mix-up in the writing. I don't really know how a mistake like, that, mistake like that gets through, but all the issues I have is definitely overpowered by the sheer entertainment and rewatchability that this movie provides, and this is by far, again, one of the funnier movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Number four, Avengers Infinity War. Now, I think a lot of people are going to have this at, like, number one, but this movie, again, despite every, despite this being a number four and not, like, you know, number one, this is still a fantastic Avengers movie and the absolute perfect, um, you know, like, setup for the finale. This was this culminated 10 years of storytelling in this franchise. Because people forget, Infinity War was the movie that kind of brought every character together, despite how big Endgame was. And this movie is just epic, and it's so entertaining. The action is fantastic. And... It has some of the coolest action and some of the funniest moments in the entire MCU, despite how intense and dark it can get. And Thanos 
is by far the standout of this movie, and it's one of the best MCU villains ever. There's actual stakes, and he has a backstory, and because of how frightening and you know imposing of a threat he is, we actually feel fear for our characters that we've come to love. Characters die in this movie. Some come back, and some don't, and look like they might never. So it... This movie had, does leave lasting consequences despite, you know, things being repaired in Avengers Endgame. And I don't think Marvel will ever be able to bring this many characters together again. Because Endgame didn't have to deal with as many characters as this and be able to pull it off so well. The reason it's not number one for me, personally, is that since they did, you know, bring back a lot of the characters, and I kind of knew that was going to happen, it doesn't have as much of a lasting impact as my top three does, at least for me. But this is still an amazing movie, a five-star film in my book, and I love this. And Infinity War comes in at number four. Coming into my number three is The Avengers. And despite, you know, Infinity War and Endgame and everything I've done, The Avengers is still so special to me. And it's just, it's still, to me, like the perfect, simple team-up movie between six characters who've been built up over, like, over, like, the entirety of Phase 1. It still some, it has, has some of my favorite pieces of banter and comedic lines from the entire franchise whenever the characters are interacting. Everyone does fantastic. Everyone has such great chemistry that it brings this movie together. And this movie obviously has one of the best third acts of all time in a superhero movie. It is so much fun. Loki is still the perfect villain in this. This is a more simple movie. I get that. And it's so streamlined. That's why and that's what makes the characters pop and be so fun together on screen. And because that this movie doesn't get messy it never, you know, feels clunky. It's just simple and it's trying to tell a fun superhero story that brings these characters together and it does that perfectly. My runner-up is Captain America the Winter Soldier. This is the perfect follow-up to the first Captain America film, the first Avenger, and the Avengers directed by Joss Whedon. And the reason for that is it throws Captain America a perfect man at heart, throws him into a morally ambiguous world where it isn't as black and white as it was when he lived in the 1940s fighting the war. Now it's there's a bunch of gray and he's got to struggle through that. And it's such a compelling story about him and kind of what's been going on with S.H.I.E.L.D. and Hydra's infiltration of it. It's a spy espionage thriller. Again, one of my favorite genres. It's so compelling to watch. The Russo brothers bring such a visceral and grounded vibe to the action, which is so great. And this movie for me, while it doesn't have this impact on many people, it does have an emotional impact by the end when Steve and Bucky have, you know, that exchange where Steve does that call back to a line that Bucky said to him earlier in the movie in a flashback. And by throwing Natasha Romanoff, played by Scarlett Johansson, into this movie, we get a sense at their friendship. And it's still one of the strongest bonds and friendships throughout the entire MCU, in my opinion. And one of the ones which no one really talks about, even though it's a big part of the first act of Endgame, because they're the two people who kind of get it started. And again, that shows... That's, that's, and all of that started with this movie, and the Russos carry that throughout all four of, their, of the movies that they directed. And this is a fantastic movie. In my opinion, the, the best MCU solo ad outing, and I don't know if it can ever be topped. But coming in at number one is Avengers Endgame. Over two years later now, this is still the perfect culmination, conclusion to the Infinity Saga. It is emotional epic in all sense of imagination it's got a to be fair a pretty depressing and down first act where we get a very slow character piece about each of the characters it's cutting around again steve and natasha's relationship play a big part in getting 
the time travel aspect of the plot starting and then when the time travel and the time heist does come it's so much fun so many great callbacks and easter eggs and it all culminates in this final hour which is potentially the greatest hour ever in terms of comic book movie fan service and payoff there's so many just just like just standing ovation moments whether it's captain america getting me all near avengers assemble or just when tony stark says i am iron man and he sacrifices his life for the entire universe which pays off so well once you go back to watch the first iron man and come back to this movie avengers endgame is still the perfect conclusion to the infinity saga and i don't know again if marvel ever top this this two arc movie they brought with infinity war and endgame in terms of closing out a story bringing this many characters together and paying off that many characters and ending so well and that's why avengers endgame is still my number one on this ranking with that said guys i would love to hear what, what your favorite mc movies and if you would like to and i would really appreciate it send in a voice message if you're listening on anchor and if not well then consider checking that out and trying to do that with that said if you guys did enjoy this make sure to share this ranking with your friends follow the podcast for more i'll catch you all next time Bye-bye.